Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! is going on. Hope you guys are all doing well out there in the wonderful land of crowdfunding. I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, CEO of Woodshed Agency. We are an agency that helps projects do crowdfunding, whether it's reward-based, equity-based, or if you're looking to just do Shopify and you've got Amazon, you know, basically we help you launch products and, and do all that sort of e-commerce, digital marketing stuff. But these podcasts are all about crowdfunding. We like to talk to project creators either while they're in the middle of a campaign or while their campaign is just finishing up. And that way we can give you guys the most up-to-date information on what is working in the in the, uh, in the the space of crowdfunding because it does change so much and there is a lot to take in. So, But today's conversation is going to be a little bit different. We are not talking to uh, one specific project. I think I'm actually talking to myself, a guy like me over in Poland, right? It's it, This is going to be a conversation of two CEOs of companies who work in crowdfunding talking on opposite sides of the world. So we're going to be talking to Mark uh, Slesia from the Mimi Agency Group. They're out of Poland, and they've got a lot of success stories, too, in crowdfunding. And, and we hit on all of the big items that you need to be thinking about if you're going to be doing crowdfunding. So that conversation is coming up in just a little bit. So stay tuned. Stay holding on. Get through this intro part. Or if you got to... Go to your podcast, you can hit that number 15, that little thing, and then forward it, 15, 15, 15, you just keep hitting it. If, you know, if you don't want to listen to me ramble, which is a possibility, but, you know, this is my time, right? This is my time. So what's going on? Well, I'm definitely going to be rushing through this intro a little bit. Why is that? Well, I'm recording this right now at 12.25 p.m. on a Thursday. This was supposed to be done in the morning, and I got distracted with uh, analytics, um, and I've got an appointment at one. So literally, I got to hustle and bustle today, guys, so I'm not going to lie. I'm pushing through it, but... What's been happening around here? Well, we helped, We had a great Memorial Day until we uh, lost our hot water early in the morning. Um, our hot water heater died. And then we also, it was like 95 degrees, 90 degrees and humid here. We had no AC. Our AC's not turning on. So got the landlord involved. And he's. Uh, we got a new water heater yesterday, so we were able to take showers. So we went a good two and a half, almost three days without showering. Got a little stinky, I'm not going to lie. Got a little stinky. Everybody did. Um, but we got hot water in here, which you really want to have that hot water in pandemic times too, right? And I said that, and Aaron's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm like, you need to wash your hands with hot water, people. So we got that going on. So hot water is now back at one Wednesday away. We are rip-roaring and clean and awesome. We're all out there. But the no AC is still here. Now, it's been all right like today and the last couple of days. It's got a little breeze. It's not too hot. But boy, sleep in the last couple of nights, though. It's been hot. Yeah, been trying to get the old wife not to wear as much clothing to bed, if you get what I'm saying. Oh, hey, no, hey, no, I'll be here all day, folks. I'll be here all day. She's not a she's not a listener. Um, she refuses to listen to the podcast, and I don't know why. I mean, we're putting out unbelievable, solid content. But I will say, sleeping has been a little challenging. It's been hot. You know, we don't really have a lot of fans because, you know, we have AC. But, you know, so the AC, we've got people coming out on Friday. Hopefully they get that working. I'm going to give one more thing that I am like absolutely getting annoyed with. Now that I'm working from home, I realize why working from home was challenging, which is why I went out to go get an office. I'm, I'm repeating my same mistakes. The amount of lawn care that's going around my neighborhood right now is insane. 
I can't do any of this stuff. You know why I'm doing this right now? Because there has been so much weed eating and blowing going on around me all day, all day yesterday. Every call I'm on, I got, it's probably in the background right now. I got the windows open because we have no AC. I got kids. It's a constant state of distraction. What's going on with the lawn care, people? We don't need to be doing it every day. Every day. Dude, my neighbor, God love him. He's cool. Denny's cool. Denny, if you're a listener, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just talking about you. But you're out every day blowing and weed eating and edging and mowing. I can't keep up, number one. Number one, I can't keep up. Now, Denny's an old retired guy. He doesn't have a lot going on. Well, he's got a lot going on, but he's got time to mow that yard. He's, he loves mowing that yard, right? So he is on top of it. So his his yard is perfect every day. My yard right now, this is like I got to mow probably tomorrow or maybe Saturday. I'm in that day where it's like, oh, it's getting a little long and a little scruffy. I don't have time. I'm sorry. I just don't have it. I don't, I can't get to it. So number one, I, you know, I got my lawn doesn't look good. And on top of that, he's on it. He's on it so much that it's like, it's literally, uh, yeah, every phone call I'm on, which is at home now, or even to these podcast intros, I got a, I got a, I got a light hum behind it and it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. So that's annoying me. So uh, thinking about this, I found this the other day, um, thinking about doing a summer virtual camp for, uh, for the kids. I think that would be pretty, in- pretty interesting, right? Like, so the one I was looking at is this thing called for Roblox. Um, it's some game my kids are playing, and I'm sure if you have younger kids, they might be playing it too. But yeah, um, so I was looking at this summer virtual camp. You know, it's like all week, you know, on Zoom, and they're learning how to do all this stuff. And this all seems great. I sent it to my buddy. I'm like, oh my God, our kids should all do this. This is going to be great. We're going to totally do this. And then I look at the price and it's like 499 bucks. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got two kids. That's a thousand. That's a, that's a big ticket item there, people. Doesn't that seem expensive? They're just on Zoom. There's no board. There's no room and board. There's no, there's no, there's no building. There's no insurance. You just got to be on Zoom. 499 for like, it's like four hours, I think, a day. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. So probably not going to do that. That seems a little, little, little pricey, a little pricey on me. I don't know. We'll probably end up doing it because we, you know, I say that, but then I don't know. We just do it. <sighs> Summer camps, man. Summer camps. Virtual, indoors. Get on an iPad. It's always something, man. It is always something. Hear the whisper. So, I am recording this at home. Hopefully, it's still sounding good. I think I got the 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 tech bugs worked out in my my home system, my home recording system. I got two recording systems: one at the awesome, one at the office, and one here at home. This is the this is the this is plan plan B. Um, what I'm recording on? That's a great question. I got an, a Sure SM. I'm sorry, I got a Sure 57, but I pulled out the transformer in this mic. It makes it sound a lot more like an SM7. <laughs> and then I got my SSL2 audio interface, which on the surface, it's really cool that it says SSL on it, but it's a, it's actually a piece of garbage. I would not recommend anybody buy this. And the reason is that the more that you turn up the gain, you pick up all the frequencies from monitors. So it's definitely not a unit to be used around computers, which is the whole world. So I, I'm not sure this monitor, this system works very well, um, but we're using it. We're cranking it out. We're doing these episodes. Hope you guys are. Hopefully everybody's enjoying them. Uh, tonight we've got our. I think this is our fifth listening party tonight we're gonna be featuring uh solo albums of jack white if you are interested in joining come and join my discord channel shoot me an email jeff at woodshed.agency i'd love you guys to join and we're gonna listen to some albums starts at eight o'clock p.m tonight to about 11 and i'm gonna i don't know how tonight's gonna work because i'm multi multitasking because 
Aaron's going to go out for a little bit tonight. Yeah, she's escaping. And uh, that means I got I got duties of uh, children and listening party. That's a multitasking right there. Well, we're going to knock it out. We're going to figure it out. But I hope you guys can join us, man. I'm excited. Every week, you know, last week we, we, we dove through Portishead, and it was okay. I don't know if that was my best. You know, I, I can't hit Grand Slams every time up, but it was all right. Um, so we listened to some of that, but this week I think the Jack White albums are going to really be a, really be a, a, a nice listen. So I'm excited for everybody to join and, uh, for everybody else, make sure you guys go over, uh, if you're thinking about running a campaign or you got something you're working on, go over to woodshed.agency right now, go to our blog section. We got a ton of stuff there. We've got lots of episodes uh, on the podcast where if you don't want to believe me, then listen to other people doing it, man. We've got tons and tons and tons of resources also if you want to literally chat in a big group of people who do you know what we do uh hit the community button and join ask us questions we've got review shows in there we've got blogs i mean there's just so much so much so much so much um if you're a fan of what you're listening to make sure you go over to itunes or stitcher or wherever you're listening to this spotify leave us a review tell your friends thumbs up whatever you got to do make sure you are helping us out and uh and yeah yeah, those, all those things are really, really helpful for us. And um, okay, well, I think that's good for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get shoving off here. I'm gonna uh, kick it over to my conversation with Mark uh, Celestia from the Mimi Agency Group. And now, like I said, we're not gonna be talking real in the weeds about a specific campaign, but we are gonna be talking about, you know, how to do crowdfunding, what to be thinking about, what to avoid what you need to be getting data-wise. So we're going to get way into the weeds. It's, it's two, uh, two crowdfunding experts uh, bat and back and forth. So hope you guys enjoy the conversation, and here we go. Red lights on. Do you, do you see it? You feel the pressure? You, you, you okay? Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. You're okay, you're okay. You're okay. Well, let's start off. With, uh, yeah, let's start off with. Um, why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning? <laughs> you know, breakfast. That's a good question. Um, just um, some some breads with butter and something on it. Nothing special. Usually, we have kind of either soup or something else, but. Yeah, help something special for today. Okay, okay. Now, any kind of jams on that, or are you just going in like the butter no, style? No, and no, the no. We actually not very kind of French style. You know, we like to have everything sour, not not sweet. So, okay. You know, sometimes we prefer to have like even soup, but but nothing mm-hmm. very very sweet. Yeah. All right. How about a beverage to go with that? Did you would, would you have to drink with that? Uh, you, you go with some orange juice, your <laughs> coffee. Uh, your coffee. It's, uh, it's a major thing, yeah. Definitely, okay. we have like espresso style, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, awesome. I think we're sounding good. Why don't we, uh, why don't we jump right into it as to why we're actually talking? So, why don't you tell my listeners, um, you know, one, who you are, and um, what you raised money for over on Kickstarter? Right. Um, my name is Mike Chesla, and um, I might say I'm a serial entrepreneur, and like. Two years ago, I just uh, raised uh, more than 300k US dollars at Kickstarter and 50k pre-orders afterwards um, because we had this idea with my colleague that, you know, our office was actually in the center of Krakow where all, all the restaurants, all the coffee shops and stuff. And my 
my my partner he kept forgetting things every time you know when we left the you know coffee shop or some some lunch place so we just figured out that you know we need to have something that um first of all will notify us you know if if he does this so we can come back and you know uh get back his either keys or, or cars or just the wallet and uh, we just figured out that was the time where you know we we knew that bluetooth low energy actually allows allows actually to put inside this uh, PCB inside the wallet, connect with your smartphone and get this notification. So what we did, we just uh, designed kind of uh, just a pattern and the, you know, just one wallet, actually even without electronics inside. Mm. And uh, we just got some, like a two um, angels that decided to back us up, you know, for the mm. campaign. We set up a, com- you know, a company in Delaware and uh, after three months of very heavy lifting, I mean, you know, having, we call it MVA, minimum viable audience, you know, for that, um, we decided to actually launch the campaign. So we spent about 30K uh, US dollars, about most of, of it, you know, went for, uh, for le- legal services because we had mm-hmm. to, you know, have the company and stuff. But, and for the PR, the PR actually, that was our first kind of encounter in, with PR in the States. And actually we failed with that because, you know, we spent a lot of money, but we didn't get any in the outcome. But we decided to actually to do everything from scratch, doing, um, you know, building the database, you know, all the things that right. I, I believe, you know, you know. So once we launched it, um, that was a very interesting thing because a week before, our launch at Kickstarter. Another guy from New York actually launched his campaign with smart wallet. <laughs> and that was like, oh my God, you know, and his wallet was even cheaper than ours. And right. his graphics was, was great. Everything was better than, than ours. But the, the thing is that we had something that he didn't have. I mean, first of all, you know, we figured out that Kickstarter is the, is the bunch of people that, you know, they, they try to find something very unique, something very kind mm-hmm. of like a one-off. And um, within all these smart wallets, on the, you know, at that time during campaigns, we just figured out that we just put one small thing, you know, the technology that will enable people to touch it. I mean, not on touch it, but, you know, press a wallet and mm-hmm. create like a micro, you know, energy, you know, uh, kind of push that will enable the battery actually work better and longer. Mm, I mean, this is kind of a very small thing that just kind of like a, you know, kind of like a perspective mobile, you know, like something right. that is, is always working itself. But in that case, actually, it's never working. This is just having this kind of impression that, you know, I have something that nobody has. So, right, right. and this, that, that was, that was it. And of course, we, we spent lots of money just for, for very nice visuals. I mean, the pictures, mm-hmm. you know, the photos was kind of like, it's amazing. So, yeah. and then the video, which is, which is shot here was really nice. So that actually, that was a great pull, you know, for, for what we did. And uh, the, well, like one week, once we, once we run it, the guy from New York came to us and said, Hey guys, you know, I need to quit my campaign <laughs> because you you know raised more than I I did, and uh, I just uh, let's let's work out somehow. I, I I would just put you know information on my campaign that you know I'm I'm closing, and if someone would like to have you know this kind of wallet, will actually we redirect it to your campaign, and mm. this worked out as well. And oh, we got cool. very nice coverage in um, 
TechCrunch and other places. Of course, you know, no one wants to talk about smart wallets till it's, uh, everyone's ensured that we reach the goal. So, right. so we right. actually reached the goal within 24 hours. And that was gotcha. kind of like a something, wow, these guys actually, you know, did something kind of, kind of impossible. So mm-hmm. it's worth actually to mention about them. And that was it. I mean, we, we went this through, we finished the campaign. And of course, you know, the hard work came because, you know, you know, having this electronics and, and the app and everything like that was a challenge. And that was a huge challenge for us. Um, yeah. So for the campaign, that was it. Very cool. Very, very cool. How long was the process um, in terms of like developing prototypes or, you know, getting the wallet to do what you wanted it to do? How long was that process? Oh, Actually, the process actually, to be honest, started after the campaign because we didn't know mm-hmm. that, you know, this would be successful or not. But of course, we, we knew we had already mockups, you know, the how the app will look like and, and stuff like this. But we just, uh, we didn't know that the, the Bluetooth not energy, it's a very kind of tricky technology. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. this, and it's not only tricky because it's, um, is kind of unstable, but it's tricky because there is lots of, you know, variables, you know, that can to the moment of, you know, experiencing, you know, this kind of technologies, like you're jamming the signal when you put your wallet inside your, you know, pockets because your body can right. actually jam it. Another thing is when Apple and or Android is actually meddling with the software and trying to uh, switch off and switch on the Wi-Fi or or Bluetooth is actually losing the signal. When it's losing the signal, you get false notifications like, hey, you left your wallet behind, but you still have it with you. (laughs) So this kind of, you know, you know, know, I I don't want to swear it, but there was a big issue on it. I mean, until we got to, to, to the point where you know, from the UX perspective, we just worked out and we actually killed, you know, a few functions because they didn't work well. Not because mm. we didn't you know, do it right, but because of the technology and because of the different circumstances. Just giving an example, um, you know, if someone was actually uh, using the app in a place like, a, I don't know, shopping mall, and if there was like, um, you know, free internet access, and was using this free internet access. And this internet action was provided not by the local service, but to from the place where it was like uh, 200 kilometers away, you know, like right, a major, right. you know, server. And, you know, the system actually couldn't recognize it. So it was like mm. telling, hey, if you are 200, you know, two kilometers away, so it means that you're aware from your wallet and it gives you the false notifications. Mm. So there was lots of things that, you know, came to us and, and uh, yeah, that was disaster. And <laughs> and this disaster actually, uh, you know, we, we figured out that we have to reinvent our product again. And actually, we did this actually after launching the first, you know, uh, first product, and we got like a Wallet 2.0. Mm-hmm. And Wallet 2.0 actually was totally different because what we did, we cut off all the uh, credentials. So we don't need to log in or whatever. It's like mm. nothing stored in the cloud. Yeah. So we just right. forget about it. Uh, we decided to just keep it very simple. So only when you, when you, when the app is actually is on, is, is working. But if it's in the background, actually, we just kill the process. So everyone needs to know that if you want to play with it, you need to make sure that the app is, is on. <laughs> but if it's put in the background, you know, it, you know, it will not work. But simplifying the process, we, 
you know, we just made people happy. And of course, they, they treated, you know, the wallet not as a kind of a commodity, but something like a gadget. Because, you know, if they wanted to, uh, you know, to show off and to actually to, to show something, like, I don't know, like a remote selfie or like, um, you know, uh, touching the, you know, where exactly the, uh, you know, the car is actually at the parking lot. And, you know, all the stuff, you know, they, they, they were doing this using just the open app. So right. instead of trying to, you know, work with people in the, in the app that works in the background, we said, hey, we just cut this off and we just only focus on things that you can fully control it. Of course, it, it, it won't work like people sometimes you know, they expect, mm-hmm. but, but if it's working, if it's, it works very well. So we didn't right. get any, any bad feedback or, you know, we had a lot of chargebacks because, you know, people were not happy with the app. And once we put the new version, uh, simplifying everything, uh, you know, everyone was happy and, uh, yeah, we went very well with it. That's great. That's great. What, you know, in throughout that whole process, what is it that, um, like you particularly are working on in that? Are you helping with those designs and the app and all that sort of stuff? Or are you helping still with marketing or, you know, customer relations? Like what is it that you are working on mostly? Hmm. You know, thing is that um, because of the this Woolet campaign was very successful, I was kind of uh, asked to help me with any other projects, mm. and um, I I just uh, raised some money for uh, Shirley Box, which is kind of like a like a Dropbox but behind your firewall. It's like a mm. hardware with so with easy you know so we can just press it and you can sync with your laptop. It's like using BitTorrent but with the hardware. Yeah, oh, so gotcha. it's cool. not like the torrent that you, when you close your laptop, nothing goes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. but you have, if you have your you know your hard drive you know still on, it's so simple. So you can share you know files you know whatever, uh, and you know you just keep it kind of like a, like a host. And we raised for that like one hundred fifty k US dollars. That was a pure B2B product that we turned into B2C because we know mm-hmm. that Kickstarter doesn't allow. I mean, I wish there's, there's no B2B business on Kickstarter. So we yeah, have to turn right. this into B2C. And uh, so that was the, that, that's it. Later came guys, you know, uh, that they, they make kind of like a watch, uh, swim or cold. And we raised 180k US dollars for that, and the the Swimo is actually now is top seller, and still is you know is, is number one. I mean the 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 one thing that was kind of like a very cool about it was that I don't know if you if you were you know how people try to lose weight. I mean they have kind of this kind of a technology that when they when they run and they got this information that you know if you if you run you know in in this kind of uh, mode you can you know, burn the, the calories, you know, faster, yeah? Right. You need to get into inside the window. But the problem was how to put this window when you swim. So, mm. so what, what he did, he actually used special vibrations inside the watch. So once you swim it, you know, you can get kind of like a kicks, like swim faster mm. or slower to keep you inside the, you know, this, this kind of like a, uh, you know, we call it burning, you know, uh, brackets, you know what I mean? Right. And we right. raised 180K and because we knew how to build this, uh, MVA new audience, we decided to actually to run very successful, like a pre-launch. So 
the funny thing that was the first campaign when we raised more money for, uh, later after Kickstarter than during Kickstarter because right. when we finished Kickstarter for the pre-ordering we raised 280k US dollars. Mm. It's like you know more than than during the uh, campaign. So and and more and more companies were coming to me. So I was actually focusing on just actually. Um, making this happen using, on one hand, the grow hacks, uh, using the companies, you know, from different countries, from the States, from Israel, from, you know, to create all the ecosystem, you know, having, and eventually we just uh, set up a new company in the States called Indie Designers. Mm. That is only, is kind of like a um, middleman for European companies that would like to run a Kickstarter campaign without need of setting own, com- you know, company right, right. or having a bank account and stuff like this. So we already put through this like 26 com- campaigns. The last one, that was a game that raised 170K. So overall, you know, we we put through like about 30 campaigns so far. So, wow. so th- this is something I was, was, I was, I was working on. And regarding the wallet worry now, uh, we actually uh, just totally, you know, cut off with the the first version of Woolet and we moved the manufacturer to China just to make sure that, mm. you know, we can lower the cost, still have our design, our right. uh, our stuff, but that would give, that give us actually, you know, better margin and uh, better opportunities to, to sell it so we can lower the price. So that's where we are. That's very cool. What, what do you find is the... Um, is, is there a common thread between all those campaigns that you were talking about that makes them successful as opposed to not successful? Like what, what is it that you see as like uh, a standard thing that happens on each campaign that, that really makes them go well? Mm, That's a good question. I think, you know, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, I was actually most of, you know, working on something like a, how to build the brand and attributes around us. We, we used to uh, use the uh, jobs to be done framework, actually to, to prepare campaigns and, and products for launch. So we figured out that it's not only about technology. It's not about only solving the problem as we think, but it's something magical, which we call it pool, which mm-hmm. means that it's like a brand awareness uh, or attributes that surrounds that, for instance, where it comes from if, if if the product will be a little bit faster or you know or, you know or later you know all the stuff that actually is not related to the to the technology but it's related to the kind of our imagination how how we actually be better of right. using that product in front of others so we actually totally change the the, the approach so so just give you an example uh, when we were running, uh, you know, shooting the the last uh, campaign for for Kickstarter, we had this scene where, you know, there is a there is a guy, very young, nice looking guy, you know, approaching, you know, the the bar, where there's a nice lady, and uh, of course he forgets the wallet, but you know he goes notification and he comes back, but right. the, but the but but the the idea about it was actually not about solving this problem, but about giving. You know, on a piece of paper, uh, a phone number to the guy. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, and and the smile of that that woman. So it's like giving this kind of like a like an image where it's not that the wallet is not about you know solving the problem, but it's about you know like uh, you know having a very cool girlfriend. You know, picking up a girlfriend. You know, having this relationship. Right, right. It's like 
over different things. So we, we try to actually make all these campaigns the way that we're trying to figure out what what's different than technology actually can attract people. And we actually dwell on that using the, the right copy and, you know, graphics and, and stuff like this. So this is, we call it a pool. Mm-hmm. And um, when we had all the campaigns so far, and of course we failed many times and uh, we got successful many times, but we, we, we figured out that there is like a few factors that actually can distinct the failure campaign from the successful one. So, and first of all, the, uh, the successful campaign needs to have like a good branding and good community, but good standing community. Maybe it's small, yeah. but it's good standing. It means that like a um, community that, you know, people know the, uh, the, the founders, not the product. Right. We, we always putting, you know, the founders in front, you know, of the campaign, mm-hmm. not the product. If there is only product, so it's very hard. But if there is like a John Smith, you know, coming up in front and telling, hey, that was my idea. That was, you know, I just... I just dream about this product, you know, for a long time. And he really is, you know, sincerely, you know, selling yeah. this, you know, to the public people would be, when people would believe not what he does, but in him, you know, he will be kind of successful. So we're trying to uh, gather the people and put this to the special channels where we can work with them, but on a different, like a personal, you know, uh, matter. So this is always what we do. If there is a startup that has nothing like this, you know, it's a huge possibility that it will fail because, you know, right. this is like taking the product from the shop and putting the Kickstarter. Nothing, there's no, there's yeah, no right. magic. There's nothing, yep. nothing distinctive on it. It's, it's you know, so, so that's one thing. And second, if uh, we call it the social proof. So if there is no enough, you know, social proof, so people are not talking about it, we call it... Um, Mm, remark, do remarketing till death. So it means right. that everywhere people need to talk about your stuff. You know, you know, in all medias, especially you know the, the bloggers, the, the the social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. You know, press, technology, everywhere. So this is something that is very important to uh, for people because people are afraid of two things. That's a normal thing. So if you don't have, you know. Uh, standing long-standing in you know, a brand when you, you need to actually figure out how to create kind of like impression that everyone knows about you know this uh, this product yeah. so and, and the last is just mathematics so or statistics i'd say so yeah. we we have this kind of rule that we usually when we build this big database of users we're trying to figure out what's the user acquisition cost I mean, user acquisition costs regarding having an email of that person with double opt-in. Yeah? So what we do, we're trying to put like a KPI that the user acquisition cost is like one US dollar per email. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we aim. So the first time, the first uh, you know phase, what we do, we're trying to figure out what's the user acquisition cost, especially knowing that we have people at Kickstarter and different ones. So if we get user acquisition costs at the level of five US dollars, we try to actually skip the paid, you know, ads. But we're trying to figure out if we can go to, you know, to YouTubers, you know, to uh, influencers, to other actually, you know, places actually to try to do. Because this is something which is very important. We need to figure out where we can scale up, you know, the, the business, which, which channel right. actually is working on which is not. So if it's working, this is this is only one step. 
And the next steps, we're we having this kind of, uh, we call it strategy that we explain to the clients where, imagine, if you have like uh, spent 10,000 US dollars to acquire 10,000 emails, where user acquisition cost is, you know, one US dollar, we know from our experience that, especially with the brands where are not well known, the, the conversion during the first day of Kickstarter is between two and eight percent. Usually, right. we take four. You now, just just to make sure. So, imagine we have ten thousand emails gathered, and the conversion is four percent. So, we have four hundred, you know, uh, conversions. So now, let's check if the pledge is about one hundred US dollars. You know, we get forty thousand from it. So we spend right. ten thousand, forty thousand. You know, comes to us. But what will happen? If the pledge is, you know, uh, is not, for instance, 100, but 20 US dollars, we're losing the market. You know, there's yep. no way how to scale it. So yep. we need to actually figure out all these kind of things for that. But plus, there is one more thing. Once we got this user acquisition cost, what we can do, we can actually try try to work out on the on the conversion rate, and we can do by onboarding process. So it means that warming up all this, you know, database can create the uh, the conversion from even from 4% to 8% during the first right. day. So imagine having all this time at the same time, you know, spending all the money, you know, 10,000 US dollars for, for the database and 8% conversion, we have 80,000, you know, coming to us. So it's, it's totally different, but having, you know, spend the same money. So this is, we try to talk to, to our clients, what, what we try to do, you know, with our brands and, and project spin-offs that we need to, first of all, you know, figure out What's the best channel? How to warm them up? Who is the face that will warm them up? You know what what to do about it, and uh, eventually we we just we just run it that way. So this is this is the kind of like a secret sauce we use. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that's that's a formula over here as well. Uh, that's how we get our campaigns to be successful. Is you, you've got to build that. You got to. Uh, you got to build a crowd, right? Database crowd, yeah. like it's called crowdfunding. Like if you don't, the amount of people who are like, I don't understand why I thought I would just put it on the internet and Kickstarter would just give me a bunch of money. If you, do, if you, if you want to do crowdfunding, just build a crowd. Yes, that's the simple yes. thing. I mean, people are asking, you know, how to do crowdfunding? Build a crowd, yeah. Yeah, you got to build a crowd. So step one. Yeah, it's funny. What, you know, what, what projects do you think don't do well on Kickstarter? Like, like what are things that are just not right for it? Uh, I know you kind of mentioned B2B and I, I agree to B2B is, you know, it's doesn't work real well, yeah, but, B2B, B2B, yeah. but what really like, but, but like, is there a category or just something that you just kind of typically stay away from um, that you just are, you know, square yes. peg round hole? Usually actually I stay away from, uh, from the all the arts and movies, for instance, mm. this is something that you know requires like the names that you know come right. you know with it. If you if you're not you know Steven Spielberg, you know there is no way actually you can you know raise a lot of money. You right. know we need to get the name, you need to get like attributes of you know of other brands you know coming with the projects. And there's one thing. Second thing is doing local uh, projects. So for instance, um, you know if we do international. Business and someone you know comes to me like, like recently, one guy called me up and said, "Hey, can I help you uh, help him out to build to raise money for a new uh, like a hotel 
close to Auschwitz, you know, in, in yeah. Poland. I said, right. come on, man. Yeah. You, you only raise money, you know, over there when you have, you know, the business in here doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, we need to make sure that whatever you do the business, you know, you need to do in that, in that particular place. For instance, we have like own important, you know, uh, crowdfunding platforms that we can raise a lot of money. But he really wanted to have in, in, in Kickstarter because he thought that because, you know, all the Jewish, you know, people in, in especially in New York, will be able to, you know, spend money for that. Right. Said, Come on, it doesn't work that way. Maybe yeah. they even don't use the crowdfunding. They use <laughs> right. to like, uh, I mean, it's lots, lots of, you know, um, people think that Kickstarter can actually uh, will, will solve all the, all the problems, but they, the major problem I have with them, they think that they can raise money for production and marketing, which is not true. You know, is you can either this and that, especially the best actually to have money for marketing, and just raise for for math, for manufacture. So, mm -hmm. so that's this is the best. And um, yeah, so and of course, as I said, I had some failures. You know, in, during you know in campaigns. I mean, it doesn't mean I didn't raise money, but I didn't raise you know enough money. For instance, right. I just got like a brand called Crosslifter. CrossFit because you know I was doing CrossFit for, for a long time, and uh, I just figured out that you know doing the, the squats and stuff you know you know I couldn't find my the right jeans you know to put on. So I decided to have a Kickstarter where you know we were taking the measurement and everyone can take measurement and we were just uh, doing the custom jeans for them. Mm -hmm. So I just uh, hired some guys in in India. I sent all the branding and stuff. So, you know, I was able to do exactly the perfect, you know, jeans fitting every ass, you know, ever. Right, but right. I, I did exit with it. But, <clears throat> but the problem, uh, the, the major thing, problem I just uh, encountered during the campaign, I just too much narrowed the, the audience. That was, mm. that, that was the learning curve. So instead of actually telling that it's not only for cross, uh, CrossFit guys, but it's actually for any gym guys, for, you right. know, uh, cycling guys, for, you know, doing any activities, you know, very comfortable jeans, even for women. I just put, you know, men and CrossFit. So I really <laughs> narrowed it down. Of course, I raised money, but instead of like raising 150K, I raised, I don't know, 20 or 25. So that was, from my perspective, that was a disaster. So, right. that was, and still that was a learning curve. So I knew that yep. we need to get something that, you know, uh, the audience will be, you know, uh, bigger than just a small one. Yeah. How do you feel that the um, this world pandemic that we're dealing with is affecting Kickstarter? Do you see any uh, any effects on it? Yes. We have already here a few clients that actually they really wanted to uh, run Kickstarter, but they kind of afraid. They're putting everything, you know, let's wait. Yeah. yeah. Let's wait. But what I'm trying to tell them is like, come on. It's like, if you will wait and everyone is waiting, so when everything is over, it's like there'll be overpopulated Kickstarter. So even if your project is great, you will be actually pushed to the next positions, you know, because it's like it works this way that every day something is coming and it's pushing you, you know, to different, you know, position. So now, in my opinion, is the best time for Kickstarter. First of all, people yep. have more, more time. Of course, I know that uh, they don't have money and they don't spend, but still, we're talking about specific people at Kickstarter, which is different than, you know, a normal, right. you know, e-commerce. Because people over there, they actually, I'm not telling that they're very wealthy, but they always have money. Because if you have money for gadgets, it means that, you know, you know what I mean? 
this is yeah. not something that you need to have. This is, you know, you would like to show off with or stuff like this. So they will always have money. So I think this is the best time for Kickstarter, in my opinion. And uh, during this, this period, we actually, we raised 170K for one game. Uh, yesterday, I, I spoke with another guy who really wants to do uh, another game. Uh, we got guys coming yesterday, came to me because they have a special like a kind of very cool dish for for a dog that can kind of like um i don't want to you know talk a lot about it but there's lots of kind of cool projects mm-hmm. and i'm trying to you know tell them that actually now is the best time for this because you know you have fewer projects on kickstarter and you can stay longer within the you know the first like instead of you know, three days, we can stay maybe five days, you know, in front, right. you know, of the community. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about the, uh, st- you know, staying in the top of the search feed longer because there's not as many, there's just not as many campaigns right now. That's a good point. That's a, a yeah, very, very good point. What, you know, is there, um, is there sort of attributes that you look for from the CEO or the, the founder that you feel like they need to have to be successful, right? Like, do they need to be hands-on? Do they need to be hands-off? Do they need to, be a part of the community? Do they need to be good at social media? Do, what, what do they need to do to be successful? Um, that's, a, that's a good, that's a very valid, a good question. The thing is that I met many companies and many startups where they, uh, they had kind of like a huge disproportion of the, what they can you know, bring to, what kind of value they can bring, you know, to the startup. So for instance, you had only technical people or you had just, you know, only business people. So I think the best actually have this both combination. So you cannot do the thing without technology, but still, you know, um, actually the business need to be, I mean, every startup needs to be business driven. So, you know, if, if something is sellable, you need to just, just follow this. I mean, but I know I, I was working with different startups where the technology, I mean, the startup was driven by technology. So they didn't care about business if they make right. money on it because they got like millions of dollars, you know, from investors. That's, that's my precious, you know, product. Let's, let's do it. You know, I don't care about what people think. If, if I would sell it, I don't care about it. I would like to just, you know, focus on my product. But that, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the problem because they don't think about branding. They don't think about building M- MVA. They don't, Think about doing the other things because it's not the product technology is selling, but the brand is selling because brand is something more than this. It's a service. It's a community. It's a, it's a, how long is on the market, you know, how to, you know, big trust is actually put inside this. There's lots of other things, but not technology. It's like, mm-hmm. always I'm trying to tell to those people that if someone is want to buy a Mercedes Benz, it's actually, you know, usually thinking about this Mercedes Benz, not as a something that's got very cool technology inside. Maybe, you know, that, that nice lady will never, you know, uh, check inside what is under the hood. We'll just, you know, the experience of riding and having this very cool, nice, you know, shiny stuff, you know, it works for her. So, so that's, that's my opinion is the worst thing about the technology, you know, products, especially when they believe that, you know, um, technology is supposed to be number one. And, when I, when I talk to them and try to, you know, show that uh, Kickstarter can can have actually a different approach, sometimes, you know, I have fights with them. And um, and one of the reasons, you know, we, we fail with many companies like that, because they said, I have so much great, you know, product and everyone will love it because I love it. 
Right. And that, that is this kind of approach. Yeah. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that one. That is the uh, that is number one uh, issue over here. Is the well, I made it, so everybody's gonna love it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. will buy this thing. And then I'm like, exactly. yeah, but nobody. Yeah, yeah. Go ask three of your friends. They probably don't even know what Kickstarter <laughs> is. Oh yeah, I heard. <laughs> is that that GoFundMe thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So just right there. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. So how about? Um, you know, you kind of mentioned just around, you know, like that pre-launch of building a crowd, building a database. Mm-hmm. Is there a general metric though that you try to hit for every client or is it, is, is it product specific? Is it, Hey, we always want to try to get 10,000 email addresses or sometimes 5,000 is enough, or sometimes we want to get 30,000 emails. Like, is there, is there a formula or, or a metric you're trying to get to, or are you just kind of going by like yes. I, the math makes there's, sense? Yes. There, there's uh, of course there is math, you know, behind it, but the major metrics is how strong your brand is. So just to give an example, either a CG project, uh, you know, you know, the guys that made the, the Witcher, you know, would come to me and say, I would like to do the, the Witcher 4 on Kickstarter. I, I, I could just tell them, hey, guys, you just don't need to spend any money. You just tell to your community, we have millions of people. Everyone just watching on Netflix, you know, The Witcher, and everyone knows that, yeah? So just do this. And uh, they just will raise lots of money, doing nothing, not spending any any single penny on that. But at the same time, if someone else will come to me and say, I would like to do like a, a new game yeah, without having all this community, without this brand and stuff like this, he will fail. So, yeah. so I cannot put exactly the same metrics to the people that have the brand, the community and all this stuff. And the, then someone who is actually a freshman is like trying to build everything from scratch. Right. But everyone thinks in, in the way, as I said before, so this is the, the first thing when I when I talk to to the, to the guys, if you don't have strong brand, you can have I you you can you can either build this community around you the crowd, or find someone who can actually lend you this crowd. Just give an example. We have the guys you know here that they they run Kickstarter, but they didn't get a lot of money. But what they had they had the kind of like a cube for. Um, for the gamers, so when you, you know, there's lots of, you know, gaming stuff, like a board gaming things on Kickstarter. And what they, what they did, they talked to the guy uh, that was like a blogger at YouTube, having lots of, you know, people in this area about, you know, the, the gamers. And right. they said to him, hey, uh, we'll give you 20% of the revenue from Kickstarter, but you need to be our advocate. You need to talk about this, you know, to your community. Mm. You need to, right. And they, they use this brand. They use exactly this and they, they raise lots of money. Yeah? yeah. So it's it's either, it's all about brand and community. So it's either you have money and time and you build everything from scratch or you're just trying to find like alliance, you know, with other people, with other brands or with other communities, you know, whatever. It's like, this is this is something you know we try to you know work out with you know with our clients. Yeah, very very cool. You know, is there something too around? Does every project in your mind have to be running some sort of pay per click? Do they have to be paying something to Facebook and Google and you know it's you know do they have to be doing some sort of advertisement? Mm, uh, as I said, you know there is there is no need if there is an already made community. So we just. Right. Um, um, I mean, yesterday I spoke with one guy who just uh, wanted to run 
a campaign. He already was running in Poland and he raised like 200k Polish Zloty. He wanted to do exactly that in US dollars. Um, it's, it's 200, 200k is like um, 50k US dollars. So okay. for kind of no name game, it was kind of okay. It's like a, there was no board game, there was just a regular one, very kind of basic. So you know, I'll really check, you know, what was the success of, you know, the company. And the thing is that what they did, they talked to some, uh, you know, guy on, on on YouTube that was doing, you know, like a rapper, you know, and he was like, a, you know, talking about this uh, this project on, on YouTube and uh, to this community. He had actually like 56,000 subscribers only. Wow. But that was actually enough actually to to make the pull for, for that project. Hmm. So... So that was actually, you know, exactly what I could have do, you know, uh, I could have done if I had no money. Right. So, so there is no need for, for ads if you have this kind of things. But if you do a proper campaign, you need to figure out, first of all, make a test flight for, for that and figure out if you can scale it up or you cannot. If the user acquisition costs like one US dollars or five dollars, and I remember we had this one campaign called Baldur. It was like intelligent lamp with uh, with Siri support and very cool stuff. The thing is that you know, the user acquisition cost using the ads on Facebook was like seven US dollars, and we didn't know what to do. And that was like right. a total disaster. And we we thought that we will will not go for Kickstarter, but but actually the, the founder you know of that project said, said that let's try it. Uh, use the Instagram, and and we started to contact you know kind of influencers over there, and uh, they, they started the shoutcast, and we spent like a. Six hundred up to nine hundred US dollars for some influencers on Instagram, and they had like a two point three million you know followers, and that gave us traffic that the user acquisition cost reached about five cents per email. Five wow. cents. We never ever after that got this kind of <laughs> thing, yeah. and, but that showed us that from seven US dollars to five cents that was amazing. We just uh, we just utilized only this one channel on Instagram. You know, Facebook, we used exactly this particular, you know, channel and we raised 10, 10 US dollars within two hours, you know, once we start, once we launch on Kickstarter, only from this channel. And that was wow. amazing. Yeah, that's totally great. Well, where can people reach out to you? How can they connect with you um, if they want to, you know, potentially work with you or, or learn more? Like, how can they, uh, how can they connect with you? Um, you know, I, I usually, you know, focus on the European companies. You know, okay. they, first of all, they come into me because, as I said, I have a company in the States that is kind of like a middleman and help out, you know, to run campaign. And uh, even if they don't need my services, they would like to use this kind of uh, service just to, you know, to be launched over there. That's one thing. Secondly, because um, mm, I think in, in the region, I, I raise kind of... Uh, I don't know. There's like a two million US dollars over overall on the on the campaigns, and we have like thirty campaigns, and people like talk to each other about, hey, this guy can can help you out, and um, you know, I just I just run some some personal blog, you know, about you know how to do stuff, how to do product launch, and yeah, this, this is something you know I'm doing for for the last time, and. Um, I'm either I'm just helping you know the companies or I'm just helping the B2B business like uh, sell the products 
um, before it's ready. This this is kind of a, kind of my specialty, mm. and uh, usually people you know uh, try to like uh, do reference you know to to what I did before that. That's the reason you know I have the leads and the clients come to me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mark, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're busy and uh, this is a great conversation and I know my listeners are going to totally eat it up because we definitely got to get into a little bit more of the weeds than uh, typical episodes. So I appreciate you talking to all of us and giving us all your knowledge of, of what works and what doesn't on uh, the platform Kickstarter. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. Bye-bye. Bye now. All righty. How about that conversation? Yeah, I told you, man. He's a power player. If you guys want to reach out to him, I've got his uh, contact information in the show notes. Or guess what? If you guys join our Discord channel, he is one of our Discord members. That's a little secret. So he'll be in there chatting about all this stuff as well, right? So you've got lots of places to, to, to ask your questions and get your feedback. Only thing stopping you is you at this point. So, all right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. I hope you guys have a great uh, weekend. Hope you had a great week. Hopefully it was, uh, I know it was short, short, but hopefully it packed a lot of punch. Um, and for everybody else, make sure you guys leave us a review, subscribe, visit our website, woodshed.agency, reach out. We'd love to talk to you. And um, yeah, let's go listen to some Sugar People music, guys. All right. See y'all next week. Burning my brain and I-